All right, I'm really excited about this, okay? Uh, it is Power 99.1, good morning. And uh, James, we had decided that this week that we were going to talk about what is going on in our country yeah. and what is going on locally. Yeah. And I invited my pastor, uh, Marlando Jordan, to come to the show and have the conversation with us. And I was really excited that he said yes. <gasps> and so I want to introduce Pastor Marlando Jordan. Pastor of Sozo Church on air with us right now. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Rika. Good. How are you? And just so if people want to look it up, how do you spell the name of the church? It's S-O-Z-O. Perfect. Sozo mm-hmm. Church. Oh, and you're on Facebook. I see that. Look right at here you guys. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Perfect. That's SozoChurch.com. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, he's on Instagram, too, if you wanted to know. <laughs> we're on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, YouTube. He does look pretty Instagram-worthy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, so like I said, I wanted to have this conversation. And coming up, we are going to talk about uh, what's going in, uh, on in our country with the racial injustice, the protesting, and what Jesus would want us to do uh, right now about what's going on. But first, um, because Marlando, uh, Pastor Marlando, born and raised here, I wanted to talk about the history of the Tri-Cities. You know, off air, we we had some conversations about the Tri-Cities history is swept under the rug. Nobody talks about what it used to be like here and what it still kind of is like. Um, And I wanted to bring that to the forefront because I'm all about the education piece. What's the history? And then what can we do now to change things? So let's talk about the history of the Uh, Tri-Cities. What do you know about that? Well, one thing we know for sure is that uh, segregation was a major issue back in the day here in the Tri-Cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were signs on the bridges that made it very clear that blacks were not allowed to go to Kennewick or Richland after sunset. Mm-hmm. So that was a clear sign of, of, of segregation. And, of course, back then, the majority of African-Americans lived in East Pasco. Mm-hmm. So there was just even the separation with neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say back then, right, we're not talking about 1915. It, it, yes, it was we're going on in 1915. The 1960s but 1960s and 70s. Yeah. 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 Um, and I wanted to mention that because that's what I hear. Unfortunately, a lot of people say, well, that's so long ago. This doesn't happen here and blah, blah, blah. No, there are generations that are still alive today, including my dad, who's 67, who remember things like that and growing up in uh, Pasco and uh, him not, like you said, being allowed in places like Kennewick and Richland, we call them sundown towns, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that went on. And then do you know about the time that they declared that illegal Mm -hmm. or when did the sign go down? I know it went down because there used to be like a green bridge, right? Yes, there was a green bridge. Mm-hmm. And I do not recall, but someone had told me that on the train bridge, uh, that the sign on the train bridge was still up in the 90s. Wow. So that was taken down sometime. Again, I don't know when, but it was apparently just left up and maybe out of sight, out of mind. I'm not sure why. Right, hmm. right. And do you think some of the remnants of segregation and, you know, what went on back then is still happening now in the Tri-Cities? I believe so. And the thing, the difference between the Tri-Cities and, let's say, down south Mm -hmm. is it's very subtle. Yeah. It's not in your face. You can walk into a room and you can just sense it. Yeah. 
You know, you can walk into certain places and you just sense it. I mean, it's not, you know, like I said, they're not being, you know, vocal about it. Mm -hmm. But you'll just walk in and you can just kind of see the looks on people's faces. Mm -hmm. You kind of feel the the, the tension in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes, you know, people, they'll smile on your face. But, yeah, it's just very subtle. And that uh, is different. Me personally, I prefer you just to come out and tell me. Just tell me. Than to just, pretend yeah. mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you like me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we're dealing with a different culture in the Tri Cities versus, let's say, down in the South, Mississippi yeah. or Alabama. So all this week and definitely more on uh, the show, we're going to be talking about what's happening in our country, racial injustice and what we can do to bring change. Uh, it is Rika. This is Power 99.1. And I do have Pastor Marlando Jordan on the phone, uh, the pastor of my church, Sozo Church in Kennewick. It's funny that you say that about walking into a room and feeling it. Um, I explained to James uh, the other day that being black, yeah, we have our black culture or whatever, but being black to me is a consciousness. I wake up every day knowing that I'm black. And I know that if I walk into the room and I'm the only black person, that may be uncomfortable for some of the white people in the room. And also in these smaller towns around here, there are places that I don't go when the sun does go down because I always have to be aware of my surroundings because that's what America taught me. Oh, you're not allowed here, little girl. What are you doing? Um, And so it's the consciousness, right? Like you do do you wake up and just know like, yep, I'm a black man and I got to I got to be careful of where I am. You know, there's certain places, you know, uh, like, let's say, for example, northern Idaho, yeah. um, that uh, you're just not going to go and just hang out. A friend of mine is a is an associate pastor at a church in Dallas, Texas, and he had reached out to me a few years back and was looking at coming up to the northwest. He's never been up here. And we want him to come, come visit the church. He's actually one of our board members. And uh, he was looking at Idaho for vacation. I'm like, boy, right. <laughs> you don't need to be going to right. northern Idaho. Right. I said, go right. to Seattle, yeah. go to Portland, go yeah. to the Oregon coast, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but I said, no, you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. And, yeah, I was just trying to have mm-hmm. his back. Yeah. And my my mom actually uh, just gave me what is called a green book. Um, And because my grandparents, my mom's parents were from Alabama and they moved up to Seattle after the war. And there when they would drive back to Alabama, there was this thing called the green book. And it would tell you the places that you were allowed to go. That was safe to go. And it was something that black people put together for black people. So it would say, hey, you can go to this circle, K, but don't go to this one. You know, do do you have you heard stories about the green books? I never have heard stories about the green book. But as far as people migrating from the south mm-hmm. and going back and forth oh yeah my family was the same way my grandmother's was from alabama grandfather was from uh arkansas and they all came up about the same time you know for for work and mm-hmm. so forth and so on yeah yeah it it, de- it definitely was i'll have to bring that in for you james because i want you to yeah. to to like see to it say, like yeah. these were the safe mm-hmm. but that is that is how like i say that's why i say blackness is a consciousness because like pastor was saying why would you go to idaho They don't want you there. And we know that. And I do have um, a story about when we drove down to the Super Bowl. Uh, Remember, we Mm -hmm. did this, you know, like seven years ago. And when we were in Idaho, we stopped at the gas station. Uh, The two other people I was with, they had already went inside. And then I came up behind them. And this lady rolled down her, this white lady, rolled down her window past her. And she told me that I was lost. 
And it was in oh a, my she was like, you're lost. And I mean, the way that she was looking at me, at first I was confused. I was like, no, yeah. I know where I am. I've been, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, oh, oh, okay. But uh-huh. I, 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 because I'm, you know, I have an attitude. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. And just, it kept it moving. Like she wasn't going to scare me out of a, of, of a right that I had. Um, but those are the things that we experience being black uh, in America. So, what I want to do, Pastor, is um, coming up here. We got to take a break real quick. But coming up here, I want to hear about what you think about what's going on as a pastor. And what do you think Jesus would say and want us to do about what's going on right now in our country? Okay? Okay. All right. Perfect. We'll talk about that coming up. <laughs> All right. Uh, pastor Marlando Jordan on the show with us today from my church, Sozo Church. Uh, it is Power 99.1. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, Rika. Let me tell you, uh, people don't know this, but uh, Pastor Marlando has been with us since 6.50 this morning. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> we've just been talking to him yeah, off air. He's been hanging. I know. Just been, I love it. You're up and alert. Right? He's like, I'm hanging out because yeah. I kept asking, do you want me to just call you back? No, I'll hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that, I but, hope that means that he wants to hang out with us right, as well. Right, exactly. <laughs> 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 All right. So um, there, obviously, what's going on in our country right now uh, is a lot of racial injustice that a lot of people are just now realizing is still happening and I wanted to know as a pastor what do you think about what's going on right now in this moment okay first and foremost I am saddened about the current events Mm -hmm. um, that have happened over the past really several months going back to Ahmad and then of course Brianna Mm -hmm. but I watched the video of George Floyd and it shook me up And I cried off and on for a week. I thought to myself, what if that was my son, a family member, a friend, or one of my church members? Yeah. And uh, I was just really, really distraught over that. And I feel like in that moment, yes, we're dealing with racial injustice, but we're also dealing with an issue of humanity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because how can you do that to another human? And so I believe that this event, that took place with George Floyd really is the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. I feel not just for African-Americans, but also feel for other racial groups that we're saying enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are demanding change. We're demanding change as a people, changes such as police reform, changes in the criminal justice system. Um, Those are things that need to happen. However, one thing I do know for sure from a pastor's perspective, from a biblical perspective, is laws don't change people's hearts. They simply hold people Mm. accountable for their actions, which is necessary. We need laws. Yeah. However, so it's not and or, it's both. So that that would be the first thing is we need police reform. We need criminal justice reform. Number two, real transformation will take place when people turn to God and allow God to change their hearts. Because mm-hmm. when your heart is changed, your behavior changes. Yeah, and I, and I do want to, want to get to um, what you think Jesus, God, is trying to tell us in this moment and what he would want us do, to do. Because on Sunday, you know, obviously I'm a member of Sozo and I watch the live stream on YouTube as we're not, you know, really allowed to go to the building right now. Oh my but, gosh, it's like I totally forgot about that. It's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. weren't even like, because you always talk about being at church, right? Yeah, yeah, but I haven't been <laughs> yeah. at church right? in the building for Quite like two and a half months, yeah, right? Exactly. But I still watch, yeah. I still listen to Pastor Marlando and you said, how can you say you're saved? And hate another race. 
And I was like, exactly, because I, unfortunately, I see that going on in this Christian body um, uh, that we have and, and how some of them don't understand why we want racial injustice or they don't believe it's happening or whatever. So what do you think Jesus would say about what's going on right now and what should Christians be doing right now? Well, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and jump right to a scripture to mm-hmm. really answer your question going back to what I said on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um it is absolutely appalling in my opinion and really according to scripture for a Christian to even be thinking and talking like that. Yeah. Because we have what we what we have is we have professing Christians and we have those who have really been saved. That's so true. And oh my God. First John three, fourteen and fifteen says, We know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides mm. in death. Mm-hmm. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding mm. in him. So mm-hmm. it is absolutely impossible to be a Christian and be a racist. On on any side, whether it's black or white or brown or any nationality, you cannot say you are a born-again Christian, you're a child of God, and have racial residue and animosity in your heart. Because when a person gives their life to Jesus, God gives them a brand new nature, and that's the nature of God, Mm -hmm. which is a nature of love. So it's impossible to live in hatred. So that deals with the Christian side. So Pastor Marlando Jordan, uh, the pastor of my church, Sozo Church here in Kennewick, on the show with me today, it is Power 99.1. So let's continue the conversation about what would Jesus say about what's going on right now with the racial injustices and what should we be doing? When I think about current events, Jesus actually did predict in Matthew 24 that these atrocities would happen. He said that the love of many would grow cold, and that is exactly what Mm. we're seeing in our nation right now Mm -hmm. and even amongst so-called Christians. So for a Christian's love to grow cold, I have to question their Christianity. I have to question it because you have the nature of God in you if you call yourself a Christian. So you have to stand up for injustice. You have to hate the things that God hates and love the things that God loves. There's two things. The Apostle Paul Mm -hmm. also talked to us about this in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. He says, we're living in perilous times and we're dealing with the spirit of lawlessness. Yeah. (laughs) There's two things I want to point out that you said, uh, Pastor, is, um, you know, the scripture that you read, and, and I think you even said this on Sunday, like, you can't say that you love Jesus who you've never seen and then hate your brother. Exactly. Those two things can't exist. You've never even met Jesus, never seen him. Yet we have Mm -hmm. Christians who use scriptures to justify that they're better than others. Yeah, yeah. And then the part about you... twisting and manipulating the Word of God Mm. to justify their racial bias. Right, right. And, and where you said that we are, Jesus would want us to speak up, that's Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, right? Where we're supposed to speak up for people who can't speak up for themselves. The injustices yeah, are going on, the poor. Up. We're supposed yeah. to speak up. Yeah, yeah. And so. And, and one more thing as far as what Jesus is doing right now, God is exposing and revealing racism mm-hmm. so that it can be ripped out of this nation once and for all. Mm. Yeah. But I mm. believe before he can rip it out of the nation, he has to rip it out of the church. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, the, the church is worse than the world. 
Yeah, I okay. So um, I we got to get to a break here. So coming up though, I I want to talk about that because you said something on Sunday when I was like, "Woo!" I was in my house, Pastor. I be I be like, "Yeah, tell them." I'm yelling at my dogs. Like, did you listen to Pastor? Because it's just me and my dogs, so I just talk to them. And I'm like, listen. So I will I I'll tell you exactly what Pastor said uh, coming up here, and I want to talk about what Martin Luther King Jr. said about people in the church who weren't speaking up as well. So we'll talk about that. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. Hold on. Oh, this is getting good, James. I'm telling you, Rico, <laughs> I, we got to have a live stream on you for I when you're know. yelling at your TV. I know. I know. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I want to call it the Pastor Marlando ah. Jordan Show. <laughs> uh, my pastor uh, from Sozo Church here in Kennewick is on the show with us today. Again, thank you, Pastor. This is such a great yes. conversation a needed conversation. Um, And so earlier I said I wanted to remind you of something that you said on Sunday. Now, before I say that, though, Pastor reminded me to remind everybody, this is not about us versus them. We just want to get to an understanding of what we should be doing collectively. Because one of the things we did talk about is this feels different from the 50s, the unity that's happening right now, it feels so different. Do you agree with that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I want, so on Sunday, you know, like I said, I watched the, the live streams. Um, you asked a question and I started yelling in my house because you said, who have you had more trouble with, non-believers or Christians? And I said, Christians! The answer is Christians! I know it is! It's Christians! <laughs> Because there's Who some did Jesus have more issues with well, sinners or yeah. religious people. It was religious people. Yeah. They hmm. gave him more hell than anyone. Yeah. Jesus yeah. was a friend of sinners. And I but the religious people they hated him. Yeah. And I see well, not on my Facebook, because I've deleted all the nastiness on my Facebook, but what my friends tell me, or I'll see a friend of theirs comment on their post. These quote unquote Christians, the evil things that they're saying about the protesters, uh, what's happening. Um, you know, they love to turn Black Lives Matter into All Lives Matter. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm, I just feel like Jesus would not be like, no, it's All Lives Matter, bro. Sorry. What are you talking about? Black Lives Matter. Um, and and so I do, I do want to talk about that. And then I want to get to a quote by Martin Luther King. But um, okay. let, let's let's move this question up about the Black Lives Matter situation. And when pastors or anybody else say, no, it's all lives matter. How do you feel about that? Well, I'll tell you, there was a pastor that I saw on Instagram, and he's been an advocate for african-americans and black lives matters and he is a white pastor and i'm just going to quote exactly what he said he says the worst thing you can say as a white person with the current atrocities is all lives matter he says Mm -hmm. all lives don't matter until black lives matter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's exactly what he said so when we say black lives matter we're not saying that other lives don't matter. Mm-hmm. So what people are doing is they're missing the point. Yeah, they're 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 jumping. It's interesting how people are. Human nature has a filter. Yeah, and people don't receive and receive things the same way. Yeah, and so again, it's not about 
of course we know all lives matter. I mean, we we understand that. But let's let's look at the history of the African American community. Let's look at the history of the Jews. Let's look at, let's go all the way back into the Bible times and and look at the oppression that the children of Israel went through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, when you have a people group that's being oppressed or or something's going on, you you can't you can't um, sweep that under the carpet. And the church has a tendency to turn a deaf ear to messy situations. Yeah. And I just, I don't we know just what that is. One. What is it? The hashtag Me Too movement? Mm-hmm. Same thing. The yeah. oppression of women. Yeah. Oh, but we, we, we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. And it's like, why? And we we <laughs> got to stop running from things. And God's not going to let us run from what's happening right now. He's not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God is ex- Exposing this thing, as I said earlier, so that he can uproot it. But the first place he's got to uproot it from is the church house. Yeah. Pastor Marlando on the show with me today. It is Power 99.1. And a few minutes ago, we were talking about Black Lives Matter uh, versus the term All Lives Matter and how it's disrespectful uh, to say that uh, to black people. Mm-hmm. And I want you to explain the because um, I've seen this meme going around and, and to me, it explains Black Lives Matter so well. Um, Jesus leaving the ninety nine for the one. Do you think that's a good correlation to Black Lives Matter and what Jesus did in the Bible for, uh, or the scripture that talks about that in the Bible? So that scripture, Jesus leaving the ninety nine refers to the parable of the lost mm-hmm. sheep found in Matthew 18 verses 10 through 14. It illustrates the care and the concern of God's love and serves as an example for us to follow. And so pretty much in that, he's talking about the parable of the lost coin. So it's just, a, it's, it's an example for us. We too should display the same type of love and care for others. Now, why the Black Lives Matter movement chose that scripture? I mean, I can't answer that question, mm-hmm. right. but I can give you another scripture that is fitting for this whole entire situation, and if it and it and it, I believe it will shut the ignorance down. Okay. But again, there's always that person that still has their own uh, theological interpretation, but you 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 can't read past this. And it's Galatians three twenty six through twenty eight. It says, "For in you, it says, excuse me, for you." are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The verse I want to point out is verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Mm-hmm. You're all one in Christ. Mm-hmm. So what is, what, is that, what is Paul trying to tell us through the Scripture? Basically, your race your rank and your gender neither hinder fellowship with God nor grant special privileges. Mm-hmm. So one race is not more superior than the other. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea that, that you know, with the current situation, or let's say some people may think whites are more superior than blacks, where did that come from? That is a doctrine of demons. Yeah. Yeah. That's a doctrine of demons. Racism is a doctrine of demons. And the Apostle Paul tells us, over in First Timothy chapter four and verse one, he says that in the last days that that uh, people's consciences would be seared, you know, with a hot iron, and they would give themselves over to doctrines of demons. See, if people will really read their Bible, right. um, 
they will realize that Jesus was about equality for everybody, mm-hmm. for every single individual. When, so when you talk about the Bible mentioning race, Jesus confronted racism. He confronted prejudice. He confronted sexism. Mm-hmm. He confronted ageism. Mm. These are all things that Jesus confronted, and this is why the religious people hated him. Yeah, yeah. It's so, because he was he would not put up with ooh. their dogmas, with their false teachings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I want to talk more uh, about that coming up. I'm just going to play a song here real quick, Pastor, because I still want to get to Martin Luther King because everybody thinks that, oh, Martin Luther King was so loved and then, you know, blah, blah, blah. And his criticism about uh, people not speaking up and because that's one of the things we can do as Christians is speak up. So I want to get to that as well. Just coming up after this song. Okay, Pastor? Okay. All right. Hold on. All right. So uh, Pastor Marlando Jordan on the show with us this morning. It's Power 99.1. Talking about what's going on in our country with uh, racial injustice. And listen, it's the topic of conversation right now. And it's a good topic yes, of conversation, yeah. you know. And um, I just want to thank my company and my boss, James, here for allowing me to use my voice. You know, Uh, as I said earlier, I feel like I got the biggest microphone in the city. (laughs) And guess what? (laughs) I'm using it. So um, I wanted to get to um, because earlier we're talking about what can Christians be doing right now. And I wanted to correlate that back to Martin Luther King Jr. Um, I see a lot of religious people, as we call them, um, trying to use Martin Luther King Jr. against the protesters um, and against what's going on. And I'm like, I don't think you know who Martin Luther King Jr. is um, because he, you know, there was a lot of things that he said, like a riot is the language of the unheard. Um, but what do you think about protesting? Uh, what does the Bible say about protesting? So protesting, first of all, our Constitution gives us a right to peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. You know, before this event took place, people were protesting for the economy to be reopened. Mm-hmm. There was peaceful yep. protesting at the state <laughs> capitol. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with a peaceful protest. Mm-hmm. Protesters, and this is what we saw back in Martin Luther King's Jr. Day, they were protesting for equality. Mm-hmm. They weren't trying to create a problem. They are just like, look, we want equality, but let's go to today. Protesters are sending a message to the nation that we do not want black men and black women to be arrested, tried, convicted, and executed on the sidewalk. Yeah. Now think about that for Ugh. a minute. George Ford was arrested, he was tried, he was convicted, and he mm-hmm. was executed on the sidewalk. Yeah. It's the yeah. job of law enforcement to arrest the individual. It's the job of the courts to try and convict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyone with any, anyone worth their salt would know that you do not arrest, try, convict, and execute on the sidewalk. And this is not an anti-police thing. I'm not against police. As a matter of fact, the Bible is very clear in Romans 13 that they're God's ministers. I have no issues with police officers. Right, exactly. I just believe we need police reform. Right. We need to reform. We need to train our officers. We need to make sure that our officers are not out there doing this type of things to our people. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or to anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, 
the protesting is not the issue. Now, you mentioned Dr. King, and he said that riots are the language of the unheard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. King was very peaceful. Dr. Mm-hmm. King did not want riots. He right. did make that statement. Mm-hmm. He says that is a cry of desperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, even after that statement, he concluded uh, by saying that riots are self-defeating and socially destructive. Mm-hmm. Okay, he understood that. But this is what I want to say about our current situation. There is a why, there is always a why behind the what. Yes. Yes. And so people are, and again, we're not advocating burning down buildings. We're not advocating destroying businesses. As right. I even posted last week on Facebook, I'm like, that's a violation of the law of love. Right. Well, so mm. is the racial injustice. Yeah. That's also a violation of the law of love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we have to look at the why behind the what. Mm-hmm. Why are people doing that? Yeah. And, and we... that's the question that has to be answered. And we have mm-hmm. to address these issues as a nation. And I feel that the church should be leading the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the show today, I want to thank again, Pastor Marlando Jordan, uh, having this conversation with me about racial injustice and what's going on in our country. Uh, it is Power 99.1. And, and I want to get to that, the church leading the conversation. You know, one of the, the scriptures, Proverbs 31, 8 and 9, where it says that we are supposed to speak up for uh, the ones that can't speak from themselves and the poor. Even Martin Luther King Jr. himself, if you read his letters from Birmingham, said that uh, the quote about... Uh, the ones are not speaking up in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And I see friends as yeah. the church, my white friends, my Mexican friends, like there is something happening and we all need to be saying this is not right. And that is how I know. Well, there's an old saying, there's an old saying, you know who your friends are when you're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And it's interesting, Dr. King also said there comes a time when silence is betrayal. Mm. So to remain silent about injustice sends a message to those being oppressed that you simply don't care. And we could, I mean, we're talking about racial issues right now, but that statement could deal with anything. Yeah. Okay, injustice against women, injustice against you know, uh, poor people and justice against children. Mm -hmm. You know, silence is communication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people need to, I am actually encouraged that there are a lot of people, a lot of Hispanics, there's lots of Caucasians who are speaking out. Like, it's more than ever before. There are people who are speaking out. But then again, I know that there are still some people who are not talking. Right. And uh, it sends a message And especially, I believe, if a pastor has a multicultural church and you don't open your mouth, you're probably going to lose those members. Yeah. Because you're telling your congregation you don't care about the oppression that's going on in the African-American community. Yeah. If if you don't... To not speak up is saying you don't care. Yeah. What is that? Is that a heart thing? Is it fear? Like, what, what? why wouldn't everybody see a video like George Floyd and be like, whoa, as a Christian, especially, I need to say something. Well, let's look at it because to answer your question, I'd like to put it in this category. It's called religious politics. Mm. It's fair. If I speak up, what if I lose all my top tithers? What if Mm. I lose my businessmen out of my church? Mm -hmm. So again, this is where you separate men of God from puppets. 
You have some <laughs> pastors that will say what God tells them to say. They will speak up, and, and I respect men of God that will just say what God is saying. I have no respect for a pastor that's a puppet who will allow top givers in his church to manipulate him so he won't say what needs to be said because he's afraid he's going to lose all of his business givers or he's trying to keep a certain group of people happy. And that's the reason why I, I said on Sunday, I am not a puppet. I am a yeah. pastor. My job is to say what God says. I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to give account for my ministry. For your, exactly. And yeah. God's going to say, why didn't you say this? Why didn't you address this issue? And we're not just talking in the context of racism, but anything. Anything, yeah. You'd be surprised how many pastors won't preach on holiness anymore. Because they have people in their church who are not living holy, and they may be some of their top givers. And so we don't want to say that because I don't want to lose them. So you know what that reveals? That pastor loves mammon. Money is that pastor's God. He values money more than he values God. So pastor came to preach today. I don't know if I can speak the truth. You feel like I'm getting a lesson? Right, exactly. Yeah, so we, we have to speak up. We have to tell the truth. So the church should be leading this discussion against racism and police brutality. And we have to lead the conversation. And again, as, a, as you said earlier, it's not us against them. It's not whites against blacks. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I read the scripture out of Galatians. We, we, we should be fighting for one another. What if this wasn't blacks? What if it was Hispanics yeah. that were going through this? Yeah. What if it was another people yeah. group that was going through this? Yeah. I would still feel as passionate yep. about what exactly. I'm talking to you about today. Exactly. So I do want to get to that. Let me play a, a, another song. And I want to get to uh, what we as Christians should be doing. And is it wrong for me to be deleting people off of Facebook? <laughs> I want to know what Jesus would think about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we will talk about that. Let me play this song and we'll be right back. 